will have a reading from the book of First Peter chapter 4 from verse 7 further to 11. At hand, therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift. Uh, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And that's the word of God. Amen. So I have uh, I have about five things that I want us to learn from the text. Number one, we will try and understand from this text the origin of our gifts. And number two, the function of these gifts. Number three, the diversity of these gifts. And then what fuels these gifts. And then the purpose of these gifts. And so we start, what is then the origin of these gifts? The Bible would say in verse 10, the Bible says that as each has received a gift and it doesn't give a clear where these gifts are coming from. But may I just take us a little bit to the Old Testament and then we will realize that in the Old Testament when God needed to use anyone, the Bible records and says that the Holy Spirit would come upon such men and the Holy Spirit would do three things. Number one, the Holy Spirit would allow men to be, allow men to say, and allow men to do. And to give an example, the Holy Spirit would come on um, Ohalie and Bezalel and the Lord would allow these men to be and in their giftings, in their talents, in their ability to craft wood, God would allow them to make the ark of the covenant. And then he would come upon men like Isaiah, the prophet, and they would say things and prophesy. And he would also come upon Samson, Remember the story of Samson in the book of Judges? And Samson would be. So the Holy Spirit in the, New, in the Old Testament, he does not indwell in anyone. I think it's only um, David in Psalms 51, where he says, Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me, to kind of insinuate that David had experienced. What, what, what seems to be the infilling of the Holy Spirit but each and every other person it was momentary when the Lord really wanted to use them so he would allow them to be he would allow them to do he would allow them to say but then you see when Jesus comes and the discourse in the upper room from, from chapter 13 in, in chapter 14 Jesus is about to be 
betrayed and crucified and he died and died. And then this is what he says in chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The word cannot accept him because he neither sees him nor know him. But you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be with you. This is actually what then allows the believer to experience the gifts of the Lord. That is why then, to answer the question, what's the origin? God is the origin of these gifts through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Jesus then would continue in verse, in chapter 15, verse 5, to say that you cannot do anything unless you abide in him. And what is this abiding? This abiding is a continuous fellowship and relationship with Jesus Christ. This is actually to tell us, friends, that as believers, we cannot do anything minus Jesus Christ. That the gifts that we have and by this gift, maybe I'd, I'd give a broad spectrum and talk about gifts and abilities. That also including your talents. That we cannot do anything of importance, anything of a long-lasting effect without Jesus Christ. Because He is where our strength comes from. Go to our function, uh, principle number two, the function of this gift. Look at what verse 10b says. Verse 10b would say, Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. One of the things that I want us to appreciate even before we look at the function, it is that it is grace. I don't know whether we've ever imagined that the abilities, the giftings that the Lord has allowed us to experience are grace. It is not a right. It is grace. So much so that it is pegged to salvation. Because what greater gift is there other than knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and having him a scheme over your life? But then he gives this definition further and says that it is for service for others. In a world where all people live for themselves, the Christian call is to live for one another. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, all the way to 4 would say, Do nothing out of selfish ambition, but in humility consider others better than yourself. So that then I will do everything to make sure that my brothers and my sisters are blessed by the giftings that the Lord has blessed me with. That I will do so much to be involved in their life so that I can allow them to experience the grace that has so been revealed to me by Jesus Christ. The privilege that the Lord has given me, I will allow other people to experience it. It is so sad that people are taking this gift, these very gifts that you've been given freely and trading them as commodity. It is so sad that we have Christians who have toyed with these very gifts that are given for free. Man, I love music. And I keep asking myself if a song is meant to worship the Lord 
what does my name have to do with the song? For lack of a better example, I'd say, um, so I'm singing about the love of Jesus, and then he said, many Bahati Tena. Like, what does your name have to do with it? If, if the song is not centered to you, if you are not the center of this song, if you know that this is to bless other people, why does it have to have your tag? There's a woman, she's called Fanny Crosby. For them who are lovers of hymns, Midtown, met Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby was blind, and she would also play the keyboard, and she was a wonderful songwriter. Fanny Crosby was so sold out to the Lord, she had such an understanding that that which she was given was to bless the body of Christ, that every time she did a song and she had to sign off, she kept interchanging the, na- the name. So you'd find that in one song she's written, Crosby F, and then the husband's name. Ah, place she uses only F and the husband's name. So that for so many years, people never realized who had written the songs until she passed on. Such humility reveals to us and teaches us really that we exist. These gifts we are blessed with are for each other. Maybe generosity, which is also, is also a service gift. And, and the other, I think it was on Thursday night, we were having a conversation with my wife. I was, as I was just thinking and preparing this, and I was, asking, I was telling her that it would be wickedness. I'd consider it wickedness if, for example, you knew I had an issue. But then I, I have to come to you and beg you to meet whatever issue. For example, you know that I don't have sasa and then we meet and then I have to tell you tafadali nipaye sapa I consider that wickedness and maybe at the end of our conversation you will buy me sapa but what you've done you have the, the little the little quote unquote pride that was left in, in me, you have stripped it because I've had to tell you, please meet my need. And you knew it. So that even in your generosity, it is just an extension of selfishness because you have taken something. Even in your giving, buying me silver, you've already taken the very last thing that I had. And I was telling her, just challenging her. It was those, you know those insights that Zina Benigi Melala. Okay, I'm telling So I'm So I'm telling but that is really what happened to, to me that day. I was wondering, yeah, Lord, I could be generous and I could choose to meet your need, but if I'm meeting it at my, like, by my means, in my convenience, then I am not generous. Do you get the point? Yes. So that it has to be a service to the other. So that then and extrapolate this point further and say that service for one another goes against self-promotion and celebrity status. It goes beyond, it, 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 it removes anything, any bit of selfishness that I have and crucify me. Crucify me to the cross. You know the text that we say in Galatians 2.20 that I'm crucified with Christ and no longer live. 
so that it is the life of Christ that lives out in me. Whatever I do, why? Because it is grace, like we've seen in verse 1. It is grace. Verse 10, sorry. Another thing that you need to realize that is found in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 and 13, we won't be reading it, is that number one, our gifts are used to equip the saints for the work of ministry. They are also used to build up the body of Christ. Number three, to mature believers in their faith. I feel like we need to encourage constant and consistent meetings. Why? Because it is in such meetings that some of us will get to exercise our gifts. So such meetings will create opportunity for us to interact. You will actually realize that, oh, man, Chad, by the way, I think you can see. And it is in such meetings that my giftings, abilities, are fun. For example, when we sit down in a group discussion, in a Bible study, and you realize I have some insight, in-depth understanding of scripture, and fun that, it's amen. Chad, I think there's a way you are able to explain something in ways that are just profound. Maybe, maybe you could be having the gift of teaching. And slowly by slowly, as you continually meet and interact, then such giftings are fun, and they mature, they believe, they build the body of Christ because now the gift that is in me is being used to encourage and to exalt men who maybe were broken are encouraged and the body of Christ is in one way or another it flourishes from the gift. Number three, the diversity of our gifts. Verse 11a would say this. It says that whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. If you can look keenly, these gifts that are for speaking and gifts of service. And that's really the diversity that we can see in this text. And part of the gifts that we uh, are gifts of speaking are, for example, preaching, the evangelist, the prophet, the apostle, the teacher. These are speaking gifts. And maybe, like I said, I'll, I'll approach this in a very broad perspective. The singing is also an ability. These are speaking. And then the other diversity is service. For example, the gift of hospitality, leadership, administration, generosity, mercy, helps. And I tend to think that as believers, we kind of put the speaking gifts to be for deep people, praise the Lord. <laughs> so that some of us who will just come and we want to make sure everyone sits well and so we are arranging the, 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 the room. We are the guys who are going to prepare snacks for you guys so that after the service you will have, you know, as you... Those ones are not considered to be very deep things. The, the guy who went to buy or bring this water will not be considered such a minister if we would to stand together. Like Utasema Undu and Like behind the curtains organized this room. What Peter is actually trying to tell us is that all these things are powered by the same power. 
All these things are from the same God. So that there is actually no bigger, senior gift, deeper gift. He says that for them that speak as one who speaks oracles of God, not to say that their speech will become scripture. No. He says that that which they will speak will be so much influenced by the word of God. And then the one who serves by the strength that is supplied by God. Not to say that Mimi All of us powered by the same thing. Powered by the same source, same power. And actually, what makes the difference is that all of us, when we stand before the Lord, we will be judged by our faithfulness, not success. You see, the problem with the world is that the world will look at me as a pastor and consider me a failing pastor because I can only attract a crowd of 15 people. But God does not consider Shadrach a failure because he has 15 members. He considers Shadrach, when, when all is said and done, when we appear before him, the question will be, were you faithful? Do you remember the text that Jesus says? He'll say, welcome, faithful servant. It's not successful servant. It is not excellent servant. It is a faithful servant who is invited. Friends, we consider this and think in the abilities, in the giftings that the Lord has allowed you to have. Are you doing them for success or faithfully? There's a very thin line of allowing mediocrity and doing the things of the Lord, our present worship leader. One of the things I came to realize is that it is only in church where you can sing badly and we will allow you to sing again. Next Sunday, What I'm saying is that you're not, it, it, it's, we, it's, I'm not trying to tell us not to push and pursue to have excellence, no. But do not let that be everything. Today, a friend of mine was preaching and gave a very funny story. He said that there's this uh, factory worker who's working in a big factory. And every time the workers left, the guards would search them. Frisk them and search them. And so, for some while, this particular worker would always go out with a wheelbarrow and a box. And the guards would stop this worker and they would ask him, Did you do the baby? box? Yeah, I have chicken at home, I'm just carrying so dust. And they would open the box and pour it, and to, to his word, it was only sawdust. And he did that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, about a week or so. Then one of the days as he was going home, this guy, the same guy who had been noticing this, felt like there's something that has been happening. I feel like you've been stealing from us, but I don't know what it is. I promise you, if you tell me what it is you've been stealing, I will not report you to the higher office. So he says, are you sure you're not going to report you to the higher office? He says, yeah, I won't report you to the higher office. And he told them, okay, fine. I have been stealing from wheelbarrows. The point of the story, is that we can be so concerned with the, you know, 
want things to be this. You're missing the big picture. You're missing the point of why you have been gifted and the Lord has allowed you to exist in such a space. So that now, for example, maybe, maybe merit has a band and you are a really, really gifted keyboardist, but because they have not gotten to your level. Um. <laughs> you know? And you miss out on so much. You miss out on building solid relationships. You miss out on fellowship and the depth of just sitting with friends and encouraging each other. Praise the Lord. So that then, when scripture would say that it is for service for one another, that the point is for one another. And that the diversity does not mean that one needs more grace than the other. Actually, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, one of the things that he did that has not been taught to us so much is that he allowed the priesthood of all believers that there is no special anointing. All of us are anointed to serve him. Priesthood of all believers that we are called. And that's why, that's why Matthew 28 is such a profound scripture because it is calling us to that which we've been taught to teach to others so that we will make disciples. It is open for everyone. There is no special gift. There is no special anointing for anyone. Praise Jesus Christ. Amen. So that then this diversity, what this diversity does to us, it should push us to a kind of unity so that fine, there is you who serves, but there is who's, who's the face, for example, who we see when we come here on Sunday. But then you do not know how many people are behind this so that I am just a representation of 50 people who are working behind the scenes. So that there is so much folly when we are blinded by the small things. And every day, man, somebody has been walking away with our wheelbarrows. As we are like, nini unaibanga? Nini unaibanga? We can't locate it because we, we, are, we, we are thinking about, you know, do you get me? Because I feel like this is what really has ruined the church. Said I'm a church worker, been a youth pastor for oh, what? This is my sixth year. I have served in missions, I've served in prison worship, I've served in every department in church. <laughs> Sunday school, ushering. Just the other day we did a church plant at It's called Bustani Community Church. So there, everyone does everything. If you come to church and the Sunday school teachers are not around, you teach Sunday school. If you come in the prison worship, is not there. If you come and the sound engineer has not yet arrived, you become a sound engineer. These services, then, that we, these gifts that the Lord has given us, are to call us to pursue our unity. And how do we pursue our unity? We pursue our unity by considering others better than ourselves. Scripture would say in Philippians 2, consider others better than yourself. In humility, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It would go further and say that let your attitude be like that one of Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Humility, all the brothers and sisters. Number four, the fuel of this gift. Verse seven and nine will say this. I, I love verse seven and nine. The end of all things it is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded 
for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sin. Verse 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So then what should fuel this unity that we've realized? Number one, it is a daily relying on the Spirit of God, not our experiences and expertise. A daily relying on the Spirit of God. Number two, it is an, having an eternal perspective, knowing that the end is at hand, like the Bible would say in verse 7, the end of all things is at hand. This gives us a sober approach to things that we will, we will not fight for titles, we will not fight for appreciations and to be noticed. No, when you know that the end is at hand, what you do, you put your hands together so that we can achieve things. It gives us a sober understanding. Man, one of my deepest prayers has been, Lord, every day may you paint eternity in my eyeballs. What does that mean? It means that when you look at the world, when you look at things, when you look at situations, you will not see them with a narrow-minded perspective, but you see things from a perspective of eternity, knowing this is not our home. Man, what does it help me if I keep on clinging to things that I will not produce in heaven? What does it do? friend of mine once told me, Shad, it's not that you are, a, it's not, well, I didn't, I didn't receive it well when he said it to me, but right now I, I appreciate it that he said it to me. He told me, Shad, it's not that you are a gifted preacher, you are just available. And I thought, okay, fine, on that day, I thought, yeah, that's, that's, that's very bad. How would you tell someone like that? <laughs> but then I realized that God has allowed me in my Work ways of preaching to communicate the gospel in every place I have gone, whether it is perfectly or it is done in a pathetic way, the gospel is preached. And that is the end of this matter, brothers and sisters. When you have an eternal perspective to things, it sobers you up so that when people are wasting time with things, your priorities are right. You will realize, man, I will not fight for titles. No. I will still serve the Lord. Man, the Catholic of serving church. And I have heard the stories of church heart and how someone, so they come and say, man, Pastor, I was used in this church. I was used in this church. And then when I needed this, they left me. And this is what I tell them. I'm sorry that happened to you. But may I help you appreciate something? That no one can misuse you in the vineyard of God. If you are serving God, whether they, whether they tell you to do whatever, they are not your boss. The only person who can misuse you is the one who owns you. It is such a small perspective that when we allow men of God, we replace God, we replace the origin, the source of our giftings, we trade those things and bow them to a man. Only man misuse. God does not misuse. Praise the Lord. Maybe this is to encourage someone here who feels, man, I have done this, but they don't appreciate. Ah, man, the Bible will tell us that your spiritual labor in the Lord is not in vain. It will bear forth fruit. It will bear forth fruit. Maybe I can encourage you. Man. I, I, as, I served as a youth pastor in some place and I really toiled to disciple and preach the gospel. And then when I left, all that I had poured myself to do, all of them left, all the young people that I had discipled left. And I thought, man, was I making Christ followers or Shad's followers? Because if it was Followers for Jesus Christ, they would have stayed without me. But you know how some of us are packed to having an allegiance to someone, to some people, to some things. And really, that really got me just 
to think heavily. I think that fuels this gifting is love and humility. The Bible would say, love one another. Above all, keep loving one another honestly. Look at the word that Peter is using. It is a continuous tense. Keep loving one another. This is actually not to forget, not to ignore the fact that it will become harder as the time go by to continue loving these people. He <laughs> says, keep loving. And keep loving honestly, since love covers a multitude of sin. Like, I will look at you, I will, I will love you. And by this text, love covers a multitude of sin. We are not justifying sin. We are actually continually calling out the sin, but still loving the person, telling them, you know what? You can, you can change. Christ is at work. Christ is at work in you. Love and humility. And then you continue and say, show hospitality to one another. And then without arguing or complaining. Because we will do. Lakini we will do them without arguing or, or complaining. And then, this, everything that I have said is captured in this statement. Gifts without character are chaotic. If you've realized what Peter is telling us from verse 7 to 9, He's talking about character, how we deal with one another. Remember the scenario in, in Corinthians, so that Paul would respond with uh, chapter 12, put their love story, and then continue with chapter 14. It's chaotic. People are just full of themselves. There is no order, because now, I also want to speak in tax. Why not the Konazo? The in a Bukujuko. So we can speak only one at a time. The rules Chaos. Chaos. Gifts with no character. It's chaotic. And then our final principle, the purpose of our gifts, is. That the sole purpose of man is to glorify God. Verse 11b would say that um, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. It is to glorify Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, our gifts are to glorify Jesus Christ. They have nothing to do with you. Let me tell you a story that happened to me. Um, so when I started the ministry, I was a present worship leader. And the Lord was had really favored me in that point. I I would really sing and just lead people into worship. Amazing times. Now I remember the gift started getting to my head. And slowly by slowly, it gave me to pride. I wasn't coming for practice because who did practice? <laughs> <laughs> and you know how you'd say that it was fund by people? So that even if I didn't go for practice, I would be sitting at the pews. But then before the pastor preaches, he'd say, young man, please come and lead us in worship. And I'm feeling, oh, shaka. <laughs> yeah? You, you know? You know? Yeah. I joined one of these groups, Christian groups that we see, and we toured Kenya and Africa and stuff. It got to my heart. But then I remember, 
I'll never forget in 2010. It was during World Cup. The man I think will speak to Namibi. At that time, Nairobi University, I was in Nairobi University, University of Nairobi. I come a strike, so I had a lot of time in my room. And I would stay in the house doing nothing. So in those moments of loneliness and alone time, I decided to start reading the Bible and the Word of God. A friend of mine who had started noticing these trends gave me a book by Nancy D. Demos. Nancy Demos, it's called Brokenness. And she gave me that book, Brokenness. I'd encourage anyone, everyone of us here to read Brokenness. And I read Brokenness, and really the Lord started breaking me and revealing to me sin through just my daily devotion and the help of that book. And I remember one of the days as I was listening to um, John, C- C- John Carson. Yeah, John Carson. And he was talking about this particular text. And he said that if you want to realize that you are of no importance and value to God, none whatsoever, dip your hand, dip your finger in a cup of water. If after removing your finger from that cup of water, you will leave a hole, then you are important. And in my pride, I said it. Yeah. Put water in. I'm not lying. This is a true thing that happened to me. That changed my perspective about everything. I came to realize that really, it has it, Shadrach is not at the center of the world. It has nothing to do with his gift. Actually, the Lord would still move move without me. Like, was I here when you were singing? Didn't you experience the Lord? (laughs) He would still move. He would still impact people, change lives. And what happened to me that first the favor that the Lord had bestowed, the grace that we learn in verse 10, slouch left. It was like this, because the Lord wanted to deal with the heart. This is my personal story. I went through a, through a very tough faith crisis because my Christianity was pegged on the gifting. If I can't sing, what can I do? And you know, you go to spaces where everyone would, you know how it's, it, this is sinful. I would get to spaces where people are singing and they would be intimidated because okay, go off to Pulo, pulo. Nah, nah, we, we can't do this. Uh-uh. So interesting that the Lord will send me. a discipleship program that had no instruments. And the people who are leading worship (laughs) (laughs) worship I would be like okay God. Yeah. And then we, so I remember one of our directors would tell us um, we are not all about uh, singing, so that if you, if then you have been using music as an enchantment to welcome the Holy Spirit here, we don't do that. Face the wall and call to your Father. Now how do you do that? Because we are and it's a way we've done music. And I'm sorry if you're here and you're a Pentecostal. Let me pass on you, Kidogo, because that's what we 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 have been somewhat reduced. Worship that should be of the Lord. That is why at times when it doesn't hit your emotional aspect, no worship I You know, I took Benya, she does see Wimbo. She does your heart, leave the song alone. It's the condition of your heart. 
And I bless the Lord for some who you tell us, bless the Lord. Now we tell you, turn up on the wall. And so go, you come in when you're in the Zoya. No, 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 no. This time, man, the Lord worked in me. And has helped me to appreciate so much. Another thing that I can say is your gift and ability then to manifest Jesus Christ. Amen. The point of gifts, even healing, even speaking in tongues, it is for the masses to know. And we have never seen the Holy Spirit do the things he did when we went to Kakuma. I went to Kakuma refugee camp. I was preaching there for some while. And I remember going to this house where there was a woman, a Tukana woman, who was holding a, a baby that was dying. Literally, the kid was sick. Oh, mama, I come and And we went there and we went to preach. And so we told her, put the baby down. Let us preach to you, and then we will pray for the baby. And this woman listened to us, put the baby down, listened to us, we preached to her. She gave her life to Jesus. Then, in faith, I helped the baby. Ah, you know those prayers you are like, Jesus, if you don't come, I am coming. <laughs> I am surely coming. You, you have to come. I helped the baby and told the Lord, Lord, when you told us, this is actually what you told us to do. Who preach the gospel and bring good news. And I will pray that Jesus Christ will come through for this little one. And when we left, just when I said amen and laid the baby back to the, to the grandmother, she cried. Leave alone, Matt. On Wednesday, so it was on a Monday. On Wednesday, I talked to the guys that we had gone with. I told them, let's go and visit that woman. When we got to just a place, Karibu Nakwake, she came running to us and told us the baby is well. We were like, wait. And that, that's not even the, the miracle. After that, she told us, come. I have called all my children and my neighbors. They are waiting for you in the house. Come and preach to them. We preached the gospel. An entire family gave its life to Jesus Christ. We went to a certain uh, camp. It was um, a South Sudanese camp. There was a kid that had not gone to the toilet for about three weeks. His baby was this big. We preached. We prayed for that baby first. We preached to them, prayed for, for the baby, and we left. You leave the mess to Jesus. You do the promise. Leave the mess to him. We left. Went back a few days later. And that woman called the entire village outside her house. We preached to them. And people gave their lives to Jesus. The point of these things is not to become celebrities. It has. And, and guys, I can't take pride and say that I am a healer because there are days I've also prayed for my headache and it, it keeps fitting. It works on me thoroughly. But I have seen the Lord work miracles. I have seen Him firsthand do so much for His name's sake. What then is my challenge to us? Number one, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Number two, all gifts are for the body of Christ. Man, if you're here and you are gifted in whatever way, a singer, rapper, keyboardist, whatever, dancer, man, plug yourself to a local church. That is where all the growth happens. That is where we are grounded. That is where we are sobered up. Something that I forgot to tell you during this phase of my life where I was the celebrity, I, I did have a local church because you see, every Sunday I'm being called to sing in different services. And what that does, it kills accountability because you see, who knows where shall is? No one. That's really the chaos and the mess that is in our music industry. Mess. 
Humble yourself before the Lord. All gifts are meant for the local pastor, the local church. And then number three, Christian service is a privilege. Oh, may you not, oh, may you not misuse this privilege. Don't misuse this privilege. Remember verse 10? Value grace. It's grace. It's the masses of the Lord that you are, that you gifted in whatever level it is that you experience. Let's pray. Yeah, Jesus, we thank you so much for life. Thank you for allowing us to and sit down and hear from you. Uh, we ask that what we have not, may you give us the Lord what we are not, may you make us the Lord. I pray that Jesus Christ constantly, Lord, we will remember that we are because you are. That the Son of God would become the Son of Man, so that the Son of Man would would become sons of God. May such an understanding help us to daily depend and rely on you. In Jesus' mighty name, we proudly believe. Thank you very much, guys. God bless you.